Hi, I'm Jen Naughton, and this is Bookish Society Secrets. In case you stumbled upon us, here's the sitch. We give you the inside dish, spoilers included, about the latest and greatest new books for kids and teens. Because I live by the mantra, so many books, so little time, I'm using this corner of the internet to boost authors and their stories. Hello, bookish people. Today, I'm chatting with Stephanie Cook, one of the authors of Oh My Gods, (laughs) a graphic novel which is available now for middle graders. Hey, Stephanie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so sorry that I totally spaced and forgot that you had a co-author. So um, you'll have to say hi to uh, Incha for us. Yeah, of course. It's hard. Like, you know, it's not just one person when you're doing graphic novels. There's like a whole crew to potentially coordinate with. So we all understand. Incha sometimes does stuff. I do stuff. Juliana does stuff. And we all just know that we love each other and appreciate each other. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I totally forgot Juliana, too, which I shouldn't. (laughs) I mean, what would this graphic novel be without the art? It's true. But that's why I'm here to just, you know, chime in and be like a group. Exactly. These lovely people who also made this book happen. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's start with you because you're here. So how did you get started writing? Uh, Well, like, I think for as far back as I can remember, I was like writing stories and I always wanted to be a storyteller. Like, I even remember in my friend group, you know, we'd be hanging out and I'd just be like, like telling stories, being really animated about it. And that was just kind of like the person I wasn't like, wow, you should like write. And I kind of like distanced myself from the idea of being an author over time because so many people over the years tell you, you know, hardly anyone makes it. It's hard to write. Like you're not going to make money. You need a real job. Like blah, 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 blah. The whole, all that. Yeah, the gamut. And my parents were really supportive of creative endeavors. And I don't really specifically remember them being like, you can't do that. But teachers and like everyone around you, you know, the people who you're around so often discourage it. And so I kind of just floated from thing to thing for years and years and years and years until finally uh, I'd been working in comics uh, just and doing a podcast and somebody was like I'm sorry but like why don't you write like creatively and it just was like why don't I write creatively and it really just kicked off this whole new mindset for me you know I was writing articles I was writing news stories and like reviews and stuff for other websites and it was like if I can do it professionally in this capacity why could I not do it professionally in a creative capacity I have these stories in my head I've had like a google doc of ideas for years and it just finally clicked that that was what I needed to do like what my soul needed to be kind of happy and start to feel fulfilled Oh, that's so awesome. That's an excellent answer. So when you're writing, I have to ask this then, does it energize you or does it exhaust you? Both. So I think the writing portion of things is really exciting for me. I love just telling the stories and I I try to leave enough room so that the characters talk to me and like the story evolves and, you know, like you maybe have something in your mind 
like one way, but then as you're writing and the characters develop, you're like, oh no, they wouldn't do that. They do this and it grows. And that's really fun and interesting to me. It's like, you know, I'm writing it, but it's almost like watching a movie or TV show in a way because the characters yeah. have a life of their own. But um, I outline very, very heavily. So I kind of toil over the the script beforehand in point form. So okay. it's easy for me to like rearrange and revise in a much more condensed form uh, because editing at, once you have the final product is the thing that drains me. I have so much trouble revising and trying to figure out which parts to kind of completely cut out and rework. So um, I try and negate that as much as possible by doing that early on in the outline form and being as happy with it as possible when I go to put my words to the page. Nice. So how did this work as a collaboration then? Did you guys each write different sections or did you sit down and outline it together? Yeah, that's actually kind of exactly what happened. So um, Insha and I have been friends for years now. And we just sort of started spitballing this idea. And it was just like, what if, what if, what if? And we just all of a sudden realized that this what if story we had kind of jokingly built together in like messenger was something we couldn't get we couldn't get I hope you screenshotted all those that would be so funny oh my gosh I I think we probably do have them somewhere but like we we have like this lovingly angry messaging because we just like shout at all caps we're like ah like what about all this stuff (laughs) and we're just like really excitable people yeah um So yeah, like when we actually started building the story properly in like, not just, you know, back and forth messenger. I like how you say it, properly. Yeah, properly. (laughs) Properly. Um, We definitely heavily outlined the story together. We come up with like the concepts of what we want to do together, the characters we want to see in the story. And then we start building the skeleton of that and just go out point form. What about this? What about this? Where could we fit this in? And then it's like, oh, I had an idea. What if we changed up like, some of the mechanics, how would that fit in? And just yeah. kind of mush it all together until we're happy with the skeleton. And then, uh, yeah, I, I wrote the majority of the first script, but then Insha, there's definitely parts that she's much more suited to write. So she would go in and do those parts and okay. everything was kind of loose. So the dialogue was all placeholder dialogue. And then Insha went in and you know, rewrote it. She has these Spotify playlists. She has Pinterest boards. She's made, you know, like mood boards and she's made like horoscopes for everybody. Like Incha is like the character architect. She is the queen of building character stuff. So, you know, like all the stuff was placeholder in my mind. And then Incha would go through and be like, this isn't how Tina would sound. This isn't how Dita would sound. And like go in and be like, this is more her aesthetic. This is more how like her voice is. So a lot of that all got rewritten based on what Incha had built for the characters. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth with the scripts where I'm very fast again with scripting. So it's easy for me to kind of just fill it in but it's still collaborative. And I, if I get stuck, it's just, you know, a quick message away to just be like, all right, this, I can't move forward here. What should we do? Right. And 
you know, it's very collaborative and very, you know, we're all very supportive of each other. Today, for instance, too, Juliana's working, finishing up the second book. Uh, there's a sequel coming out next year. Oh, and that's another question off my list. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be out in April next year. But uh, Juliana was finishing up some stuff and was like, hmm, I want to do this for the characters, but what do you think? And, you know, like yeah. she'll send us a couple like ideas. And then again, like we all just excitedly chime in and you know we want to let Juliana make this as much her story as it is ours too but then when she's asking us for help she obviously is at that part a part in the journey where she wants she wants input yeah yeah, exactly so yeah that's so cool okay so then on along those lines did you already know Juliana or did your publisher like choose her for you uh, so we were a package deal when we okay. came in. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't I've, know. Yeah, it always I've, works um, different. It yeah, totally. And I actually have now sold a few different books and series, and it's completely different from thing to thing. Uh, so you know, some of the time I've come in with an artist on board, and some of the time I've pitched as a solo writer, but. I need an artist because it's a graphic novel and no one wants my drawings. So, gotcha. uh, well, maybe someone would, but that's not the point. But um, yeah, yeah. Not so Juliana, time. exactly. So mm-hmm. originally we had uh, planned on taking the book to the comic market because I'm a little bit more familiar with the publishers there and the editors there. So I was okay. like, oh, I'll shop this around. But in the comic market, you pretty much always need the team built already they don't want any part of like building the team for you they want to do as little work as possible in making the book come to life okay so I had been looking on Twitter for a creator for a short story I was doing and I put out a call and Juliana responded and she wasn't the right fit for that particular project but I was in love with her portfolio and she just had such amazing expressions and gestures. Mm-hmm. And she was so good at having her characters emote. And I took her portfolio over to Incha and again, excitedly all caps lock and yes. messenger to Incha and was like, okay, I think I found our artist. Like, <laughs> I don't want to jinx it and I don't want to sway you, but like, look. But this is it. <laughs> and I feel bad because I definitely, definitely used things that I knew Incha was like already in love with. Like Incha loves Rogue from the X-Men and like Scarlet Witch and like Harley and Ivy yeah, from yeah. Batman. And Incha had these fan art drawings of all of those characters. And I was like, look <laughs> at this, look at this, look at this. <laughs> you like this. <laughs> I know. And Incha just fell in love with her art too. And, you know, we, we started talking to Juliana, showed her the script and she immediately just like, clicked with us and we knew like we just knew that she was the person for us so we've all been working together for like a long time now and um it's been such an amazing journey and yeah that's very cool so okay so you'll have to school me on the comics industry versus (laughs) so like graphic novels are going to be published I was going to say like regular novels, whatever that means. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like any other middle grade book, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So like graphic novels exist within like the comic market too. Like I think when people think of like the comic market, they think of Marvel and DC and monthly single issues. Yeah. And there are definitely like, obviously a lot of publishers in the comics industry do those books and release monthly issues. And we had kind of thought maybe we would do that for Oh My Gods too. Yeah. But not with Marvel or DC, with a, a, a different publisher. Right. Um, but yeah, they're slowly, and, and graphic novels have existed within the comic market too for a long time. And they're slowly now realizing that that might be a more profitable way to make books for them in the long run. But the book market uh, started to realize that comics was the only growing market in the industry. Okay. Uh, and that's where we started to see this huge shift in the book industry. You yeah. Know, so, okay. So up graphic novels. All right. All graphic <laughs> novels are comics, but not all comics are graphic novels. So in or my do I have mind, it I think, no, I mean, I think, I think technically graphic novels and comics are the same thing. They're sequential yeah. storytelling is what right. they are. Okay. Right. So in my mind though, like comics, I don't know, to me, like comics are like serialized stories. Yeah. That's uh, what I think too. So like, yeah, comics are more serialized. And then, you know, when you say some people in comics will say, oh, uh, it's a trade. And that's like the collected version of the single issues, like, you know, like the season or the volume of a particular story that somebody was telling in a serialized fashion. Okay. And to me, graphic novels are complete stories. Like they're, you know, they can have sequels and stuff too, but they're standalone and they're not released, you know, on a monthly basis. They're, you know, full length books right. that, you know, again, I keep on saying, you know, I'm sorry. That's like no. a new verbal tick for me. That's okay. Um, but yeah, it's, I think they're the same, but people love to have those differentiators to be able to kind of tell the difference. And I understand that, but they're all sequential storytelling. Yes. Yes. Um, and I had no idea about the, like, I've read some comic books, you know, I'm old. <laughs> I used to read comic books all the time when I was a kid. And I didn't realize until I talked to Ursula Houston, she wrote a cat story. She told me the whole history of comics and how there was like a whole concerted effort to basically tell parents comics, bad books, good. And yeah. And there's still a little bit of that going around, you know, like there's yeah. a lot and, and especially even amongst writers and stuff too, there's a bit of a kind of like, you know, looking down on the comics industry as a general whole, which is baffling to me, you know, yeah. like there's like articles that go out. I, I, there was like a recent discourse online where somebody was like, my kid doesn't read. They only read comics. Your kid does read. Right. Your kid isn't a reluctant reader. They no. read comics. You right. have the hang up about what they're reading. And that's where the reluctance is coming in. You're pushing your kid away from it by saying what they're reading doesn't have value. Right. You know, like reading comics actually uses more parts of your brain and it makes your brain more active while you read because your brain is absorbing both words and images. That's so true. it's an incredible medium. And because kids don't all learn in the same way, you know, we have visual learners, we have kids that just learn 
completely differently. But right. comics offer this way to absorb things like history mm-hmm. in a way that actually sticks with them. You know, we see educators slowly starting to use comics more because they're realizing that it's actually working and getting through to younger generations. And I wish that stigma around comics and art in general would just go away. I know my, um, my daughter is uh, attending Illinois state university. She's uh, getting her BFA in photography. Oh, amazing. But anyway, her, for one of her English credits, she got to take uh, auto biographical. Why am I saying that wrong? <laughs> Autobiographies, but they were all graphic novels. The whole oh, course was graphic novels. Amazing. That's so incredible. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm a big reader. I love yeah. to read, but history and really dense stories are hard for me to absorb in text form. But when they're presented to me in a graphic novel form and I can kind of just on the bits that are just a bit overwhelming to me, I can then absorb the visual component. It helps me so much. And I find myself reading a lot of like nonfiction that I otherwise would probably not check out, but through the medium. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's weird. I, I think parents have this weird hang up on it. Like you wouldn't say, oh, my kid only reads mysteries and I'm very mm-hmm. upset. Obviously a reluctant reader, you know, they don't read any romance. Mm-hmm. Right? You'd never say that. Exactly. I mean, so what's the difference? This is just one of the many kinds of great books you can read. Exactly. Literacy yeah. is literacy. And if your kid is reading anything, yeah. you should be completely backing them and supporting that, you know, like it's, it's important to foster that imagination and foster, you know, a place where kids can kind of escape from the world. And just, it's, I don't know what I would have done growing up without books. And I can't imagine kids being pushed away or feeling shamed for the things that they enjoy. I know. And I mean, and I would say the same thing for um, audiobooks. I tell kids all the time, mm-hmm. you know, you're ear reading. I mean, yeah. you're still reading it. You still exactly. know the whole story. It's fine. Exactly. And like, I personally can't really listen to audiobooks because I have ADHD. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you drift I, away. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But again, everyone learns differently. That's and we the need point. To support yeah. the different ways that literature is presented to us and allow people to explore what works best for them. Exactly. Because there's room for everyone under this giant reading tent. Exactly. So, so, hey, tell us a little bit about the plot. You want to give us like a a teaser? Sure. Uh, So, oh my God, I'm assuming you're talking about. Yes. um, Is about a young girl named Karen. She's from New Jersey and she lives there with her mom. Her dad is like kind of in her life, but like Mm, you know yeah Yeah. exactly he shows up for weird holidays and then her mom gets a really big job opportunity and she has to move away so the option here is you know she has to go stay with her dad and she feels like this is a great time for them to get to know each other and Karen wants the best for her mom so she agrees Mm -hmm. so she goes off to go live with her father and Lo and behold, she winds up in Mount Olympus and she thinks that it's, you know, Mount Olympus is just in name. Like it's 
you know, what inspired the mythology. She doesn't think it's actually the Mount Olympus. So she winds up in school shortly after arriving uh, Mount Olympus Junior High and quickly has to come to terms with the fact that her new fellow students are gods and goddesses. So she has a quick learning curve. Yeah, we had a lot of fun building that and kind of just being like, how would this transpire? And then I I just love that scene where she was sorry for interrupting you, where she was just like, you guys know that these creatures aren't real. And then they're all like, uh, we got to tell you a few things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to break this down for you. (laughs) You're so simple. Um, Yeah, like it's I think sometimes we forget that maybe there isn't always magic in the world to the everyday eye but there's still like all kinds of ways that there are interesting and new things out there to be discovered and I don't know like I just love the idea of in this corner of the world in Greece Mount Olympus really does continue to exist and it's more or less an average everyday city with the exception of the fact that mythical creatures and gods and goddesses live there you know everything else is normal though it's all fine it's all regular they get to order pizza Exactly. And Zed, uh, Karen's dad, yeah. loves pizza. So he, he it's got vegetables on it. It's a balanced diet. Her it mom is. would be fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got all the all the food groups on there. Exactly. Exactly. So it was such a fun book to kind of conceive and dream up. And again, Incha and I had so much fun world building here and doing everything to kind of just make this happen. All right. So what, what were your inspirations? I'm assuming that you read uh, Percy Jackson at some point. Yeah. So like as a kid, I actually was, I, I grew up in a very small town and it had like a library a grocery store and a post office. Like that was it. Uh, And I was so lucky to have a library in this teeny tiny town that had like virtually nothing else. So I spent so much time there. And one of the things that I was like fascinated with was literally just a giant book of Greek mythology that I am probably the only person who ever took it out. Okay. And I just constantly would take it out and then return it and then take it out and return (laughs) it. And um, I don't know, like I just, something about it really spoke to me. I think when you're a kid, you always want to read up. You always like are, you want to read the bigger kids or the adult books, or you want to be an adult. And Greek mythology had this intersection where it had monsters and fantastical things in it and godly beings and all this stuff. But it also just felt like it was a grown up thing and it felt accessible to me. Mm -hmm. So I was very, very drawn to that. And yes, Percy Jackson for sure. But then, you know, more recently, I also really love things like Lumberjanes. And then there was this show several years ago called Clone High. And it was basically this science experiment high school where they cloned famous people like Abraham Lincoln and Gandhi (laughs) and Joan of Arc. It's a cartoon. It's by the guys, um, Phil Lord, like the the guys who did... um, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on everything right now? Yeah, Spider-Verse, okay. Oh, Lego okay, movie. Right. Okay. So this was like one of their first projects and it's hilarious. So basically they clone these kids. They put them in these like foster homes and they go to school together and 
just like exist. So like Gandhi is like best friends with Abraham Lincoln and like Cleopatra is like the cool girl and everyone like loves her and all oh stuff. But they're all that like sounds so cool. Right? They're all reimagined as these high school kids. And I just, I loved that show. And it was very short-lived. Everything kind of smart and intelligent goes away far too soon. I know, I know. <laughs> but it was wonderful. And then just kind of paired with my voracious love for like middle grade and YA literature mm-hmm. and comics. Again, Noelle Stevenson. There's a wonderful comic called Cucumber Quest by Gigi DG. I just love everything. Raina Telgemeier also. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of those things all kind of like smushed together and just yeah. combined into more or less what I wanted to embody and kind of put into this book. Yeah. Well, it's just like all the things you like and then you. So like yeah. that's the secret ingredient. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing that's unusual with Juliana's um, style in this book is that it it looks older than like Raina's books. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It looks like it might be a YA graphic novel. And I, I think plenty of teens are going to like this too, even though yeah. it's, it's middle grade. Um, yeah. But I think that middle graders will really like that because they like reading up and. Yes. And um, funny, funnily enough, like we actually were planning on pitching this as a YA in the first place. Okay. Um, and uh, HMH and our wonderful editor, Lily, again, we raise up everybody who works on our books here. Yes. And, um, Lily asked if we would be open to aging it down to middle grade. And, you know, like, I think that was a great move. I loved writing for that audience so much. You can really just be sillier and Mm -hmm. put in like puns and bad jokes, which are like very close to my heart and you you really can just have a lot more fun with the story for a younger audience whereas like again I I think I read a lot of middle grade you know like books are books you read what you enjoy you read what is out there and connects with you but um I think it's something that anybody could kind of pick up and enjoy and I don't think you know books are limited to any age or no I don't either I say that all the time I mean a good story is is going to be good for anyone who likes that kind of story it's not exactly an age thing exactly yeah uh what else is I going to ask you okay well you already told us that there's a book too (gasps) yes so that's a thing but why don't you tell us about the book that you wrote that's also coming out Yeah. So I have a book coming out in July, July 13th, and it's called Paranorthern and the Chaos Bunny, A Hopcalypse. (laughs) With the pun. A pun. Yes. Uh, And if you can imagine from this title, there are bunnies involved. Uh, So it's basically uh, about a young witch named Abby. It takes place in a supernatural alternate world kind of thing. Okay. So uh, there's a witch named Abby and her three friends. There's Silas, a pumpkin head, Gita, who's a wolf girl, and uh, Hannah, who's a ghost. Uh, but ghosts aren't dead. They're just beings from other dimensions. And the, the dimensions that they move to have different effects on their body. And Hannah loses her corporeal form and thus making her ghost-like. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So uh, Abby accidentally opens up a portal to another dimension, and this dimension is filled with chaos bunnies. So 
the chaos bunnies start pouring into her world and they're a bit like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. They're not inherently evil. They're just very mischievous and they're also very destructive just because they eat everything. And so basically Abby and her friends realize that they have a problem. These bunnies are now everywhere in North Haven, their town, and they need to fix this and make this right. Abby's afraid she's going to get in trouble. So she doesn't want to tell anyone, you know, that she's done this accidentally. So she gets her friends together and they work on how to close this portal and return all the bunnies from once they came. (laughs) (laughs) And that is probably harder than they thought. Yes. As always, it's never that easy they have a a journey ahead of them uh but it's a journey full of puns and adventures so it sounds so funny when is that out or is it uh it's out july 13th and it's a graphic novel as well uh and the art is by mari costa it's so wonderful like i'm i'm i love all of my book children equally of course Uh, paranorthern came out so beautifully and i'm really really proud of it so i hope people check that out. You can go to paranorthern.net and that'll take you to my publisher's page with all of the information. Nice. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes too, if I remember, because <laughs> I always say that and then I forget and people are like, I thought you were going to put that in the notes. And I'm like, oh yeah, writing. I try I'm and talking make now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I try and make the, I, I try and pick up like a couple domain names quickly and then just point them to the places that take people to the things and hopefully they're easy to remember, but yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't remember if I have that waiting on my Kindle. Cause I think I do but now I can't remember. So hopefully I do. And I can read it early because that's the best. I again, like love all of my book children. I do, but Paranorthern has like a special place in my heart. It was the first project I ever sold with my agent and I was actually in a bookstore when she called me and gave me the news that Paranorthern had been bought by HMH. Nice. And I'm sure they thought I was like bananas because like I am, there has to be footage somewhere of me like having a full on excited meltdown in this aisle of a bookstore, just dancing and like throwing my hands up in the air. You know, like it was very exciting. And your first baby. It's like, how can you not have a special love for that? So I really, really hope people love it. And especially kids. Yeah. I hope, I hope they like it. I hope they like it. Yes. Did (laughs) you do scientific research for that? I did not. Did you just Um, make it up? I definitely made it up. Nice. Um, I definitely have like some occult kind of stuff like witch's Bible and like all these other things, which I used for a little bit of the inspiration behind Abby's spell work and magic. Okay. Uh, But realistically, there's not a big research component to like a lot of what (laughs) I do. No, I know. I just wondered. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, oh my God's like is different because like obviously there's a lot of mythology and history there to kind of work your way through but that was also very embedded in my brain from over the years so it's like I had a little bit of refresh refreshing yeah. to do on certain things and I definitely bought used it as an excuse to buy a lot more Greek mythology related things but of course um, well and Insha yeah. had a playlist for you and a Pinterest yeah. board so I mean 
Exactly. Like Incha is again the character queen. So yeah, I was wondering, does she play Dungeons and Dragons or did she? She because... sure does. We yeah. I think I do too, but like <laughs> Incha is definitely I think she also DMs and GMs yeah. too. So yeah. yeah. Because I was like, that's like all the makings of a very deluxe character worksheet, you know? Yes, I I hadn't thought of it like that. But now that you're saying those things, the correlation is very, very blatant to me. <laughs> yeah, just a guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, all things, uh, I guess we'd say geeky, right, fall under my, my purview. Yes. I'm all like, I can spot fellow nerds anywhere. Yes, yeah, it's definitely... Yes a staple of a D&D fan for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so what other middle grade books do you want to pitch? Who else oh, do you want to shout out? Huh. Um, let's see. What other things do I love right now? I spent last week reading, like I just took two whole days off and read all day. So I'm like trying to think of all the stuff I read. Um, Katie the Cat Sitter by Colleen so Venable. Yeah, and Stephanie Yu. Yes. I I love Catwoman, the character, and I admittedly haven't read a lot of that for a very long time now, but this was the middle grade unofficial Catwoman that I didn't know I wanted or needed in my life. Exactly. So delightful. It's so good. And as a cat lady who is very allergic to her cat, but like, again, a cat lady Gosh. nonetheless. So do you just live on Claritin or how does that work? I sure do. I have a lot of Claritin and I can only half-heartedly breathe most of the time. But it's worth it's it worth because it. my cat's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but that book was so good. It just, you know, scratched that crazy cat lady itch for me. A delight. Uh, the Magic Fish by uh, Trang Li Wen. Ooh, I, read I haven't that. read that yet. It's so good. It mixes, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's autobiographical, but maybe inspired by, okay. if, if not. So it, it, it's uh, a coming of age story with a uh, a young boy who's exploring and figuring out his sexuality and how to kind of come to terms with his parents uh, or tell his parents and his friends too. But then alongside that, it's this story of family and okay. um, just this kid growing up in America while having family, I believe from Vietnam. Okay. So he, he's kind of torn between two different worlds. Uh, And so there's these fairy tales that get told throughout the story and they're kind of just parallel to what's going on in the book itself. Uh, So it, it really simultaneously and beautifully mixes slice of life everyday story with fantastical fairy tales and uh trungles art trungles is his username online sorry trung (laughs) Uh, trung's art is just stunning and so intricate i can't imagine how long this must have taken him to do this graphic novel but it is stunning and it is so worth checking out oh my gosh i will check that out that sounds perfect so so good but yeah, so, I so read good. a bajillion things lately and I'm blanking on. Huh, so that's okay. Bad. That's, that's good. That's I, I a good a, amount. I'll tell you one more because it's okay. wonderful. And it's uh, Long Distance by Whitney Gardner. Uh, so she did a book called Fake Blood a few years back uh, about a young boy 
boy meets girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has a crush on her, realizes she really likes vampires and decides Uh to fake being a vampire. Okay. Only to then discover that what she's actually into is vampire slaying. Oh, so, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So shenanigans ensue. Yeah. Uh, so this book, Long Distance, is kind of the, it's not a sequel, but it's, uh, I would say, a companion piece to that. So it's similar vibe to Fake Blood, but this time it's a young girl. She's moved to a new city, and her parents immediately send her off to a summer camp to make new friends. And that summer camp, may or may not involve aliens. Oh, wow. So uh, she's already not a happy camper. (laughs) Yeah. Pun intended. And she winds up at this place where now on top of being forced to figure out how to make friends, like how do you even make friends, truly, especially as an adult? Uh, Now she has to also contend with possible aliens. So that's out this month. That sounds really good. It's so fun. Whitney's art is incredible and it's an absolute joy. So that's out later in a, a couple of weeks, in a week, two weeks, one week. I don't know. In Very the, soon. <laughs> I was going to say, let me look. It should say, let's see. I think I'm scrolling it's down. The end of the month, but yum, 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 yum. it's a delight. Oh, I'm looking at fake blood. I'm like, I'm um, 2018. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, fake I went to the first also one. Also very good. Yeah. Also very good. Hold on. Now I'm looking, I'm going to look at the right one. Da, da, da. I want to say it's June 29th. Yeah, it is. Yep. Dang. Should have went with a good, but yeah, it's yeah. very, Perfect. very good. Perfect. I will look up both of those because I'm very close. So this is the first year with my book clubs that we have separate graphic novel clubs. Ooh, amazing. Because I thought that way, if kids want to read a whole year of graphic novels, I can help. That's an amazing initiative. I love that. I know. So we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it because it opens up, you know, there were kids that just our slow readers for whatever reasons. Mm. And although they liked like the middle grade books that I had, you know, picked last year, it just took them forever. Yeah. And then they felt bad because they couldn't really keep up with the discussion because they hadn't gotten that far yet. Uh-huh. And this way, this is like a whole place for them where, you know, they read graphic novels in like a day. Yeah. It's so, it's so great. And like, again, even though you read them quicker, it doesn't take away from the value of them. You no. know, it's just so wonderful. You're just getting a story because the art and the words are yep. all there. You don't have to read the descriptions. You're getting the whole story on the page. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and we're still going to hash it all out. And, you know, I'm going to sneakily, you know, feed them all these literary terms so they don't even realize that, you know, they're getting they're educated. And they don't <laughs> even know it. They don't even know it. That's the goal. <laughs> That's the goal. So thank you so much for coming on. I super enjoyed meeting you. I feel like um, we should have you back for like every single book now. Oh my gosh. I, as I mentioned early on, love to talk. I love to also talk about, you know, comics. I'm very passionate about them. And then I love my own comics too. I'm also, yes. also very passionate about those. So I would be happy to come back anytime. Also, I might hit you up to drop in on Zoom for uh, for our kids book club because I would love that. They will scare and delight you. 
with their <gasps> weird questions. <laughs> you know what? I am I am a hundred percent here for it. If kids have scary and weird and delightful questions, I <laughs> want to hear them. Yeah, great because yep. they would love that. All right. Well, um, I will see you around the interwebs then. Yes. Yes. Again, thank you so much for having me and thank you for promoting literacy and reading and comics. I love that. Oh, you're so welcome. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at bookish underscore society and on Twitter at bookish society. And of course, on our website, thebookishsociety.com. Thanks again to Chris Rieger for his audio engineering magic. 